0: Welcome to Salt to Sugar, a podcast dedicated to helping you improve your mental health and find inner peace and fulfillment in the daily rat race. Author, addiction survivor, and spiritual leader Kelsey Peterson guides you on an introspective journey to help you heal and uncover your true purpose. And now, your host, Kelsey Peterson. I'm Kelsey Peterson, your host, and I am so glad to be back on the Salt to Sugar podcast with you. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, Go ahead and um, subscribe if you are enjoying the podcast so far. I took like a month off from you guys, and I am so thankful to be back. I took a month off because of what I'm gonna talk about in this episode. I took a month off to do some healing. I was ready in my recovery to really start confronting some trauma. So, if talking about um, sexual assaults is triggering for you and hurts your healing journey go ahead and stop tuning in. If talking about sexual assault is healing for your healing journey then stay tuned. Um, I remembered recently that when I was six years old, I was molested by a family friend. And um, I needed a month off to kind of let that settle, because ultimately I had gone 23 years having blocked out that experience from my memory. It was still very alive inside of me, (laughs) that experience, and I came up with a bunch of different survival mechanisms to deal with something like that as a six-year-old that I carried through my 29 years of life, and that's what I get to let go of now, Um, kind of learn how it has affected me and then get to challenge it. And I am so grateful that that's where I'm at in my journey. Uh, I feel like I've done so much work with my borderline personality disorder, my anxiety, my depression, and my addiction. And I cleared out enough shit out of my heart to finally be ready to remember the root of it all, I guess. Um, And so, remembering something like that, because I remembered it like a month ago, remembering something like that takes time to settle in the brain. It kind of felt weird. It kind of felt like I was not really in, well, I wasn't in the present. I felt like my, t- like I was on a different wavelength or time line than everyone else moving alongside me <laughs> in day-to-day. Because I I took like three days off work. Um, at one point, but other than that, I mean, I kept going to work. Um, and I just slept mostly for like a month. Well, for like three weeks, I just slept. For about a week, I've been feeling more like myself and figuring out how to talk about this experience and share it. Um, running with my dogs again and just doing my yoga again, getting back into my present self. Um, but for three weeks there, my brain was just living in the past, like six-year-old Kelsey. And I just wanted to sleep that's like my number one coping skill and I'm so blessed that I have it that like when I get to rest I can just sleep for days on end and that's basically what I did I would wake up to go to work but that's it um but that's when my brain needed I mean it was on overload it basically I had I relived that whole experience um of being molested and I was getting to do some like some people call it inner child work, to uh, bring my wise mind, my mind now, in to to challenge those those survival skills and thought processes that I developed from that experience to now tell them like, you know, you don't need to protect yourself from pain anymore. You don't need to live in shame and guilt anymore. Like I was able to um, do a lot of healing from reliving that experience. And I relived the experience in a hypnotherapy session, actually. So, um, I'm going to do a podcast with the hypnotherapist that I did it with. Um, That is upcoming. And I'm super excited about that. She's incredible and very well trained in what she does. And, yeah, she took me through uh, reliving that experience. And then healing that six-year-old self. I had only had flashes of this trauma in the past and it, it didn't make a lot of sense to me. And I would talk about it with my sponsor and she would say, you know, don't focus on these flashes too much. Your brain is probably just not ready to reveal to you. God's not ready to reveal to you what, what these flashes are about. And I'm so thankful I had her to kind of help me through that because otherwise those flashes would have been really scary because I think I wasn't ready at the time that I was having these flashes to confront the harsh truth of what actually happened to me. Um, and how, how it's been impacting me my whole life. So, I think I real, remembered what happened exactly when I was supposed to. I think I was meant to go through the healing journey I went through not knowing the root of it. Um, I don't think I would have been able to live in the acceptance that I've been in, that I've been able to live in, if I remembered any sooner. Throughout all of this healing, I have not turned away from my God. I haven't felt angry at God. I haven't doubted the beauty that he makes out of terrible things, evil things. Um, So, I, and I'm so grateful for that. I'm grateful that I wasn't um, challenged in that way. I could just rely on God to kind of just heal me. And, and so, I, part of that healing is probably going to be, like, EMDR, some sort of trauma therapy for me. Um, and I'm, it's kind of in the next phase of things. I think... The biggest emotion that I felt first when I relived this was anger, Uh, and I hate feeling anger. It's one of the most um, energetically draining emotions, I think. I mean, it gives a lot of energy, but then you feel freaking exhausted after and, and a lot of times that anger um, doesn't have a place to sit where do you put it um, at first I thought it was not like I said I was angry at God at first I was really angry at the boy who did it to me he was probably like 13 at the time, so he knew better. And I was so angry that because of him, because of what he did to me, I lived feeling like in shame and guilt my whole life, up until now. It was my baseline view of myself was shame and guilt and that I am a bad person. And I never understood why. Um, I talk in my book, I, I never felt I was lovable and I didn't know why. I, I wrote that that's how I felt, and I knew that's how I felt, That I eventually that's how I knew how I felt, but I didn't know why. It's because, you know, I we, we were allowed to watch our movies when we were little, and we were told, you know, you can't do or say anything that are in those movies or you don't get to watch them, so like, therefore everything that's you know in those movies is bad. So on top of like correlating as a six-year-old that what I was, what was being done to me was in the movies. Like this is what the movies do, and I'm not supposed to do them. So that, alongside being told not to tell, um, really put on a lot of shame and guilt for my whole life. Um, and I was really angry about that. Like this is. This is how I felt unlovable and not enough and in shame for for what? Because of something that happened to me when I was six? Like I was so angry at this now man who did this to me. Um so I had all this energy of anger where how I could place that was, um, well, there was some circumstance, um, another point of wanting to to entiple, like, too much information about who this person is, um, that's not part of my healing journey right now, but there was some circumstance where my parents were going to come in contact with this person in the near future that they needed to um, for for a relative um, or a dear family friend and so they were going to see this man and so I put my anger on my parents first Um, And I, you know, I was just like, how could you go see this man? Like, how could you go to an event that he's going to be there at? I was so angry. Um, And that's kind of the timing of that event is like a once in a lifetime event that they literally couldn't not go to. So, I had to accept really quickly, you know, that that life goes on and this man lives on and the world keeps turning and it's not all about me and nothing that my parents do now. Nothing this man does now changes what happened to me and the healing I need to do. So I just had to like accept that this event was gonna happen. My parents were gonna go and they were gonna see him, and, and that was it. And so I after expressing anger at my parents, I went back and said, you know, go, go to them. Like, basically, you have my blessing. Like, you need to go. I understand that, but it's not all about me. And this is an important thing for you to go do, so do that. And I think that is where I took a step forward in acceptance. Uh, the timing, again, is so weird. This is a once-in-a-lifetime thing that my parents had to go to, um, and it just happened... <laughs> like a week after I had this experience of remembering what happened and who it was and just reliving every detail. So I think that that was helpful to me. I think that was like a secret blessing that I did have to take a step forward in acceptance so quickly. <clears throat> I also what helped me was writing a letter. A, little, a very hateful letter to this man. Got out all my anger. I I think the anger still comes in waves. Um, not when I'm really present, but like right now, for instance. Kind of talking about it which is healing for me to talk about it. it helps not hold inside of me what happened anymore you know i held it inside for 23 years i don't need to do that anymore so but when i go back I, you know it's like depression i talk about in my book you know it's about living in the past so anytime like living in the past like those depressive feelings come on and and then like the anger kind of rolls in about, you know, I was bulimic for some unknown reason. I doesn't like to be skinny. And then I moved to pills and alcohol. And then I, my most recent thing that I've been struggling with that I haven't talked about a lot because I'm still figuring it out. And like it's hard to talk about things when you're in the middle of working through them because the dots always connect easier like looking back on them and they're easier to like put dialogue to so but but the most recent thing that i struggle with and kind of just how my addiction um, transformed through my healing um it got less less and less harmful to me and less destructive but it was still alive and well inside of me just kind of taking new forms and that was food restricting. And, and it is. I mean I'm still working through it. This experience though of remembering what happened like helped me so much with the food restricting. I mean I the food restricting again wasn't to be skinny. In fact I, that's what made me talk to the syndrome therapist was I'm in talk therapy trying to work through some of this food restricting and it's I'm just hitting my head up against a wall. know I was frustrated that my addictions kept just transforming and you know if I give up food restricting what else is going to come up you know so I was scared to give it up I didn't know how to give it up because I would have all these thoughts about like well you can't eat until this time you can't eat you know too much of this or that because you already ate this and that earlier and at the end of the night, when, this is the voice in my head, when we do our fucked up inventory of our food at night, what we eat for the day, like, you're going to feel regret and shame and guilt, and you don't want to feel shame and guilt, so don't eat that, like, and so I would constantly, every time I was around food, like, have this, like, little dialogue in my head, and then, and then, of course, my wise mind being like, Kelsey, you can freaking eat, like, you don't have enough energy right now, like, you need to eat, you're lightheaded, like, Kelsey, be like, freaking feed your body you need it be healthy like and then and then I but I have this like other part of my brain telling me don't fucking eat that thing I mean it's it's like it felt like a battle and a war my head that was only getting louder and louder and so that's ultimately like why I went to the psychotherapy session was to get to the root of what that food stuff was and I had no idea or expectation what it would bring up in fact I'd forgotten about the flashes I didn't think that was I mean I just had no idea there was correlation. The flashes of them of um, of memory of this this um, molestation. Um, because all I had remembered of the, through these flashes was you know I, I, it was like the feelings, the fear, and the disgusting cringy like feelings that I got from these flashes and I just saw you know it's white shirt and dark hair and that was it And just these terrible feelings and I had no idea what they you know, they were just quick flashes. It was like little spurts of, of memory just like coming into my head and, and I just couldn't focus on it because obviously it torment me. Why was I thinking all these things or remembering all these things and what were these memories? Are they memories? Like I don't know I just I, I could just kind of shut that part off and was like well these flashes are weird, whatever, move on, you know, you move on, um, but then, after, you know, the flashes made sense after I did the hypnotherapy session, because it was like, oh, that was the white shirt and dark hair, like, that was the, that was the head that did that, um, <clears throat> so, yeah, I went for food stuff, and it, after now, like, the scales stopped dropping, which I'm actually thrilled about. Um, You know, it's always like, oh, how is that? You know, it does feel a little unsettling, I guess, to be perfectly honest, to see the scale stop dropping. I mean, it was getting bad, I was getting below 120, and that's not a good weight for me. I think I'm healthiest and feel my best at like 130, and I was dropping below 120, so I, I, it stopped dropping um and some days it even ticks up and you know that doesn't it my my wife's mind definitely feels like happy about it the part of me that's still trained to control and feel shame and losing you know the control still creeps in a bit but it's not as loud and you know, some of the tangible things I see is I can have food in the house now. I mean, I couldn't keep food in the house. I didn't trust myself. Um, And it felt like I would be tormented by the food, you know. Kelsey, you should eat dinner. No, Kelsey, like, then what are we gonna do about you at the end of the night when we do that inventory of food? (laughs) You know, it's like, I didn't, if I had food in the house, I didn't need to deal with that thing. Um, I still don't like going to the grocery store. That's still a challenging thing. Like I have a lot of growth to do still, a lot that I want to grow in. And that's, I think, something that I feel really blessed for. Like I've always wanted to heal and grow. Like when I when I see that there is work and I know what the work is, like I want to do it. It's a little scary, like thinking that I do need to go back and relive this experience um, some more to figure out fully how it impacts me and how to let it go or how to move through it um, but but that fear doesn't keep me from like wanting to do it because what I've already experienced like being able to eat more um, stop losing the weight that also felt like losing control but also like succeeding in control it's a very weird thing but like You know, seeing that I'm not losing weight anymore feels good, like, to me. Um, And I I can let part of it feel good to me now, which in the past I wouldn't have at all. Um, You know, I think, like, those are great things, but the biggest thing that I feel is, like, more free. And I feel like there's a part of me that kind of like, got cleared out deeper to then make more room for love and light and freedom. And like, that's how I want to feel. in life. like, I just want to chase to feel more free. That's what I feel like I've been chasing in my recovery journey all along. It's like, how do I feel more free? More free for myself like all the all the survival mechanisms i've I've come up with in life like how do i feel more free from those survival uh, techniques that i come up with how do i feel more free and i feel like i've taken a huge step forward in starting to confront some of this um i think the important thing that i want to talk about though is like, how there is resources. Like, my healing journey has uh, looked like going to talk therapy, to going to rehab, to not going to hypnotherapist, and uh, I did a bunch of breath work um, at one point, and there's just so many different ways to heal, and so many resources, and... I just feel blessed um, all the time that I've had access to resources, um, but, but like, there, even if, you know, money is an issue, there are resources, um, what I found is it's the prioritizing, not so much the money, like, like I wish it was financial reasons were the reason people didn't want to get help or heal. I mean, that would be a much easier thing to fix than the stigma and just the hard work of it. But there's so many resources, and money is really not the thing that I think um, is is the main issue for people to get help. And, like, I'm always going to be seeking help. I mean, I had this thing that I six, carried it on for 23 years. I got 23 years of undoing to do. I got a lot of work ahead of me. Um, and it's fucking scary-ass shit. <laughs> like, I was six. And I came up with all these ways to make sense. Of what happened and what that ended up looking like was a freaking five-year bulimia marathon, alcohol and pill addiction, a suicide attempt, and then later, you know, food restricting and like. To uncover, that, and it's scary to not know what I'm gonna uncover. I feel like he, the healing journey is always like pulling a little string, and then it just keeps coming, 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 coming. <laughs> like it's never just like, oh, that thing I want to work on. Like, like when I was like, thinking about the therapist, oh, I, I want to work on my food restricting. Oh, pull down a big old string of like, nope, this is 23 years of bullshit that you've been doing because of this. Like, so now I gotta do that. So like recovery. And healing is so scary because that strain just is ongoing, and you never know like, when it's gonna um, stop. <laughs> but the thing is, accepting that it's not gonna stop. Change is inevitable, so if our environment's constantly changing, we're constantly having to change with it. If and, and our insights are always changing, and our circumstances, and like we're always gonna have to change with it. And new things are gonna come up that we don't have the tools to deal with, so then we get help for it. And so, but we can get help for it, and we and we can learn to grow through it, and so and come up with new new ways to to live, to be more free. Um, so I think that's really all. I want to talk about like how it is that you know like I don't want to just preach my past shit and oh like this is how I'm all perfect now and this is how I deal with everything now it's like that's not even how I wrote my book I wrote my book is like hey this thing this and this and this worked for me but oh my gosh I have a lot more work on I'm gonna keep doing this and this and this and just so you know that's what I'm doing it if it worked for me it could work for you you know Um, that's how I wrote my book, and that's how I mean to live and do this podcast, is, like, I, I am in no way done a closed case, (laughs) you know? Like, I am on this healing journey, and I am on it for the long haul, and, um, if that means taking a month off from my podcast to let things settle and, and kind of be able to dialogue, like, okay, that's fine, but, um, and I'm not stopping my 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 um my goal, which is to be more free. Um, and uh, and I know I know how to do that, and that's to continue working, confronting, staying honest with myself. Um, you know, because I could I could have just remembered and stopped and been like, okay, well that's good, you know. that explains a lot and then just kind of moved on. But like, I just know that it goes so much deeper and there's so much more patterns and, I don't know, just trauma to kind of like work through a lot of thought patterns that my little six-year-old brain came up with and that I've been living with. So, and, and the thing with trauma is like, I don't like to give it too much weight. Because, like, for instance, I decided to write my book and I didn't even know about this trauma. Like, the facts are that we all come up with ways to survive in this world. Usually, usually the big impactful ways we went to live are from, like, certain traumas and stuff. But we don't have to know what that trauma is necessarily to begin to live more free and work on our behavior and how we deal with things. You know, I I didn't have to get where I am at in my sobriety and my recovery to um, by by remembering what happened when I was six. Like I just knew that there were certain behaviors and relationship patterns that I was having and you know, I was that I was feeling like shame and guilt were a very like dangerous thing for me to feel and I didn't want that to be a dangerous thing for me to feel anymore. Like um Makes sense now why it's so dangerous for me to feel, but like, but but the fact is, I if you can identify the the things that you don't necessarily agree with as healthy survival skills anymore, then you can work on them without necessarily having a huge traumatic event having happened to you or knowing a, a, of the traumatic event happening to you. Like, in no way do I think that remembering this sooner would have helped me like I there was there was behavior things that I learned from it sure from the from the terrible thing that happened but I knew those behaviors before I needed to know what that thing was and and I could work on those things and I have worked on those things and I have felt more freed from from those things so um, so part of part of my recovery now is going to be you know confronting this trauma but, we can work on ourselves without being at that place, like like growing and working on our mental health and recovering from whatever we want to recover from in this life, because um, it's freaking hard and there's always something to recover from. Um, it doesn't. It's it's a it's an ongoing process, and it doesn't have to come from one specific thing. It's just like there's certain behaviors or patterns going on and we wanna fix those and live differently and live more free and more, with more integrity, with more peace and contentment and fulfillment. And those are great things to want. And there doesn't necessarily need to be a big trauma with a T event that, that's, that sparks wanting to make those changes. Because for a long time when people would talk about, like, sexual assault as, like, being something they had to work through, I, I didn't relate. Like, I, I had no idea that happened to me. So I I just, I, I guess I just want people to know, like, if you're having anxiety, depression, a <laughs> borderline personality disorder, <laughs> like, whatever, and you can't identify with a capital T trauma, I couldn't either for a long time, but I was still able to grow... In, into myself and and do that healing journey. Um, I just, I, there's, I just like mental health for everyone. And so I, I don't want to be like, um, I don't know, isolating to anyone that Maybe if something terrible and never happened to you, you had a great childhood, but you still deal with anxiety and depression. Like you can work on that. Like you don't need to have a capital T trauma. Like there are things you know to do, you know. And I don't know. It's just the why never really was important to me. It was like, okay, these are the facts. I have anxiety, depression, and borderline personality disorder. How do I freaking work on this? How do I live in more peace with this? Um. So, yeah, I think that's all I want to talk about in this episode, kind of just do my little welcome back to myself. Uh, I'm back on the podcast. I'm so glad to be back. Uh, I love the Salt to Sugar podcast, and I'm so thankful for every single one of you that listens. I really hope that you subscribe so that you don't miss any future episodes. There's some really good ones in the works. Um, I'm coming back with a vengeance, y'all. It's... It's really exciting, uh, and um, God's just putting a ton of signs in front of me that I'm like grabbing onto and moving, moving forward with. So, um, go ahead and subscribe if you like it, please. and Thanks for tuning in to Salt to Sugar. You're officially one step closer to becoming your best self. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss a future episode. Remember, you are not alone. For more information or to connect with Kelsey, you can find her on Instagram at Kelsey Pete. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.